Hello and welcome to the One Take Show, a podcast where we celebrate incredible conversations with some fantastic people. And in this package of incredible conversations, I bring you this episode where I'm speaking to Ms. Shivani Gokhale. Shivani is a video journalist. She primarily works with Yahoo, News Canada, and is also a contributor to The Quint. She has her own series called Broken Down. In this episode, she talks about her experience in the law school that is ILS Pune and how she pursued journalism in Columbia University. She also talks about the intersection between law and journalism and how law students can exploit opportunities in journalism. If you like this episode, make sure you like, share and subscribe to the channel. If you have any suggestions or feedbacks, make sure you can drop me a comment or reach out to me. I would love either way. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right in. Hello, Shibani. Welcome to the One Take Show. This is a very special episode because here I'm not as a host, but as a student, I have followed your work as a journalist. And I think to have an opportunity to talk to you using this digital mode is an absolute pleasure because I get to learn so much the essential set of skills and the various career paths that you have explored that we can learn from. Thank you so much for taking your time out and sitting down with me for this beautiful conversation. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I look forward to talking to you and helping you and other students any way I can. Perfect, perfect. So uh, your Instagram bio says that you are a lawyer turned journalist. How exactly that happened? So uh, the idea that you were in a law school in India, what was that like? What inspired you to get into law in the very first place? And how? what was your experience in the law school? Um, okay, so you know, when I turned uh, 16, I read this book um, that Pinky Virani, she's a journalist. She authored it, uh, Bitter Chocolate. It was about child sexual abuse in India. And, you know, she traveled all over the country recording instances of um, sexual abuse against children. And, you know, you have to understand at that time, protection against, um, protection for children against sexual offenses had not been enacted. That was enacted partly because of her book. Um, Because her book was released, I think there was like a huge uproar. People didn't know how pervasive the problem was. Um, you know, then I think after that, um, even Amir Khan had um, Satyamev Jayate, he had one episode on child sexual abuse and they mm-hmm. got a bunch of signatures and eventually the law was passed. And that was right. so inspiring for me that a journalist can bring about such potent change that because of her, in part, that mm-hmm. you know, this entire new law, which let's face it, India is so late. It's so late in enacting a law protecting children from sexual abuse. That should have been mm-hmm. done. You know, when IPC was was established, basically, that's the time when that law should have been enacted. Right. Um, so that was so amazing. It was so inspiring for me. I think that was in part when I decided I would become a journalist. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I was going to move to Canada uh, and become and do my bachelor's here. But my grandmother fell sick back in India. And I thought, you know, I'd, I'd rather stay with her. Um, so I decided to go to ILS, which is, you know, like five okay. minutes from my grandmother's house. Okay. So I was okay. like, you know, I'll stay with her and then I'll just go five minutes away. Because I felt like, you know, law and journalism are connected. Mm-hmm. And for me, if not a journalist, then my second option was to become a lawyer because I was really interested in human rights. If you, so if you don't okay, mind, I, I ask you, uh, uh, you said that law and journalism are connected. I don't want to skip that part because that's really interesting. Why do you say it's connected in a way? Okay, um, so what I think is that, especially now, and especially the kind of journalism that I'm doing, right, I'm really Mm -hmm. focused on political and legal journalism. I think the foundation of that is in law. Because I'm a lawyer, I have such an easy understanding of policy. Mm -hmm. It takes me like, say, for example, I've been reporting on immigration, um, you know, 
uh, President Trump has been passing the F1, H1B, all those new things. Every time a new rule is passed, it takes me like five minutes to read the document, then you know write up a script, and then quickly create a video around that. Okay. So I think having a legal background is really useful in that sense. Um, you know, I just made a video about um, how African people in India are getting harassed, mm-hmm. and India doesn't have an anti-racism law, which okay. it desperately needs. Needs to protect black people, to protect people from the northeast. It's really mm-hmm. easy for me to understand why India needs an anti-racism law. I don't right. need to dig any deeper. I already mm-hmm. know that you know. I know what happened with the Base Barua Committee. I already know what guidelines Supreme Court laid out in 2014. Those mm-hmm. um, it just makes it easier for me to report, which is why I say that law and journalism are intrinsically connected. Okay. Um, but I will elaborate on that mm-hmm. even more. Um, so yeah, I think that was the reason I decided to go to law school because I thought, mm-hmm. um, you know, if not journalism, then I will become a lawyer. Was was you know my thought process at the time. Okay. I went to law school. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think I we my my partner and my best friend actually she's been with me since childhood. And we ended up at ILS together. We won this moot court competition in second year. I think it was like a public okay. international law moot court. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my first experience talking about the law in public in front of people, mm-hmm. and it was really exciting. Um, and I loved that. It, it was like an adrenaline rush, you know. I um, it felt like a mm-hmm. shot, and I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" And I sort of got hooked on the moot. So we did a lot, quite a bit. Um, yeah. We also ended up doing just up, um, I think, in the fifth year. But mm-hmm. by then, I had decided not to become a lawyer. I loved my work um, as a lawyer. I loved the law, mm-hmm. but I don't want to practice being a lawyer. I think what yeah. I want to do is I want to create. I want to make law accessible to the regular people. Okay. Okay. Because legal language, you know, it's ridiculously difficult. <laughs> it's convoluted. If people don't understand, they're like, "But well, what's this clause mean? Why is there this subsection? What does this mean? Why is there such difficult language that's being used?" Mm-hmm. So I think even in the process of my moot court, you know, I would talk about it with my dad. I would talk about it with my mom. I'd explain it to my friends, and I felt like I'm doing a better job mm-hmm. explaining the law in easier language.、Right. Um, and I think that was where around fourth year is when I decided that I want to take that passion that I have for the law,、mm-hmm. but convert it into making law accessible for the regular people. And then I think around fourth year was when I decided that I would pursue journalism. Perfect, perfect. One thing that I notice when I scroll through your LinkedIn profile is that you've started interning from the very first year or second year of your law school with journalism and journalist houses, so basically news houses. You worked with some very reputable organizations. So my question here is that okay, you say that your、uh, journalism, the idea of journalism, was always at the back of your head. You had that as a priority. But when you got into law school, how did you manage? To still stay focused at your dream of becoming a journalist, and why did you start off at such a early age in your five-year law course that you had at ILS? Okay,、um, so I didn't. I interned at the Times of India. I think in my first year of law school,、mm-hmm. uh, which、mm-hmm. was an amazing experience. I had like ten、right. articles published. Really liked it.、Mm-hmm. So I would say up until I won my first moot court, I was one hundred percent focused on journalism. But the minute I won my moot, I was like, I think I should be a lawyer.、Okay. So I did spend like two years after that figuring、mm-hmm. out what I wanted to do.、Um, so I would say like my second year, my third year, I was focused on being a lawyer. That was something that I was considering. I thought maybe international law would be good for me because you know I was all my moots were in international law. So I felt、mm-hmm. like maybe human rights and international law. And then I started thinking, well, if what I want to do is bring change in the world, I can do that as a human rights lawyer too. 
I don't necessarily need to be a journalist. So mm-hmm. I did spend two years a little confused. Um, I can I say the law enticed to me back then. I was um, seduced by the law. I thought I should be a lawyer. I thought it would be really fun. But I don't know. You know, somewhere around third year, I started thinking. uh that i won't be happy if i become a lawyer i feel like i would get tired of it um i feel like when you're a lawyer when i would be interacting only with lawyers most for mm-hmm. the most part in my professional field yeah. or with clients that i'm working with but i felt like i want to interact with the world in general i want to talk to more people i want to create awareness mm-hmm. which is tough as a lawyer right because your job isn't to create awareness as a lawyer it's to bring justice for your clients or, or whatever you do if you work for a corporate law firm then you know your work um is for your company first and i just i felt like that doesn't enable the idea of me communicating with the world in general mm-hmm. so around fourth year like i said i started drifting back towards journalism right. and then i thought let me intern at a couple of by then i'd interned at a lot of human rights places mm-hmm. um i interned at sahevi which is um this ngo for sex workers in mm-hmm. india it's um, in it's in pune and um you know i i dealt with this one case where this underage girl um she had to be rehabilitated and like her case you know had been um brought to light by this investigative reporter in pune mm-hmm. and um just the sort of respect that she had for the journalist and i think that somehow um started i started to realize how important the media is i started to realize right. how important journalism is Mm-hmm. Um, and I started interning. So then I interned at the Indian Express, which was really good. I covered courts for them, um, and that was great. Then I interned at CNN, IBN, and mm-hmm. I covered the Sheena Bora murder trial. You know, which was oh, huge wow. back then. It was yeah. like yeah, True. all over the news, and it was an amazing experience because I felt like I was covering the law, mm-hmm. but as a journalist. Yeah. So I think um, that's when I started drifting back towards journalism, and then mm-hmm. I made application to journalism school in my final year. Oh perfect perfect so now i'm going to ask you the big question because this i think lays a perfect foundation for the same journalism as a career for law students is not something that a lot of law students really are aware of but i am 100% sure a huge chunk of them have the skills and obviously have the interest to perhaps make it in journalism it's just that they are not talked about journalism is not talked about as a viable career option just like mba was not something that people used to talk about with law uh, mm-hmm. until late so For a, from a law student's perspective, what exactly is this industry that journalism is, and how, what are those initial hurdles or experiences that you've had that gave you the impression of what exactly this industry holds for you? Okay, that's a great question. Um, and yeah, you're right. People don't talk about it, but the skills are so transferable. It's not even funny, mm-hmm. right? Basically, journalism requires that you're a good writer. That yeah. is like the found founding tenet of journalism. I must mm-hmm. say, lawyers are good writers, right? Like we learn to write memos, we learn mm-hmm. to write arguments. So we 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 start writing from a very from like the first year of law school, essentially. Um, so you need to have writing down pat if you're interested in broadcast journalism. Say you participated in moot court and you've mm-hmm. been successful at it. You stood in front of a panel of judges and been successfully been able to explain your point of view. um represent your side if you're good at moot you can be good at broadcast journalism that okay. that skill is so easily transferable um mm-hmm. so that's for video right okay one thing if you want to be a video journalist you have to learn to film and edit that's not a transferable skill you have to learn that from scratch but yeah. it's not that hard no one says that you need to become an artistic videographer 
you know, you need to learn basic tenets of video, which is like make sure that your face is there, make sure you're getting the audio. That's basically it. Um, editing, yes, editing is an art. It is a skill that you have to learn. Um, but again, that's if you want to be in video. Then there's also radio journalism. You don't know, like you're doing. You're already doing a podcast, you know. So your skills are already transferable to radio journalism. Um, so, yeah, there are some skills that you have to learn to become a journalist. But I do think that the the basic talent is very easily transferable. As for why it's not talked about, I think um, one reason it's not talked about is because law school is five years, right, in India, mm-hmm. um, or it's like three plus three, which is six years. Yeah. So it sort of feels like, well, after studying something for five years, do you, you want to well read that? Right, sure. right. Then you might as well become a lawyer, mm-hmm. but. To that, what I say is that you will never lose the law. You will never ever lose it. I still remember things from law school. I still use the things from law school. Oh, okay. You know, the whole time that I was in law school, I think one of the biggest things that bothered me um, is I think section section three seventy six of the IPC. You know, which basically says that marital rape is not a crime unless the wife is below fifteen years of yeah, age. Three seventy five. Mm-hmm. I think. Right, three seventy-five. I'm just sorry about correcting you. It's just something that no, I've been working on. No, no, that's always good. That's always a good thing. <laughs> I think you know that's something I learned in second year, but that's still something that stays with me, mm-hmm. and I still use it. So when I talked about, I made a video about um, the custodial rape of this minor girl in mm-hmm. Odisha, yeah. um, and then I talked about Poxo. I brought up Poxo, and then I thought about it that there's this loophole. This is how people are getting away with it. So something that I learned in the second year of law school is something that I'm still using on a day-to-day basis in my work. Yeah. So yeah. I I think the five years we uh, as an Indian society we're always conditioned to think mm-hmm. you must not waste a single year of your education because Indians so, are very focused on education. So it's mm-hmm. like whatever time you spend studying, every second of it must be used. But true. that's not true. You can you can go into a different career path and still use um, mm-hmm. what you're doing. You know, I'm actually getting interviewed by someone else for a podcast, and she told me that she has like a minor degree in psychology, oh. and she's always worried that she's not using it enough. But then she okay. said that she realized that when she is hosting and interviewing people for her podcast, <laughs> she makes use of that psychology degree on a daily basis. That must be exciting. Exactly, which is what I think that education doesn't go to waste. You can mm-hmm. always use it. You know, you can choose to become a legal correspondent. We need legal correspondents. People mm-hmm. don't understand the law. The mm-hmm. regular people don't understand the law. They're so confused by it. They're like, why is it so convoluted? Why are these words being used? So we need legal correspondents. So I really think it's a great career path. Mm-hmm. Yes, you don't earn as much as you would in the legal field. That's an unfortunate fact unless you're a broadcast journalist and it takes okay. time to reach that mm-hmm. level i think as a lawyer you can start earning more money at a younger age mm-hmm. um as a journalist you you can it's a limitation of the profession right okay. you just don't earn a, a significant amount of money until you are on tv for 9 pm news mm-hmm. um sure. at some point in your life that's that's the unfortunate fact if you're okay with that then journalism is a truly viable career for law students Perfect, perfect. So, uh, when you entered this industry, that uh, journalism was perhaps an opening for you. I mean, obviously, you worked uh, previously through internships and different other boards. But when you entered the industry, what were the major challenges that you faced? Uh, perhaps uh, when you moved to Colombia, 
and what are with then perhaps the change in environment and change in scope what were the major challenges that you faced at that point of time Uh, that's a good question. Um, so yeah, I went to Columbia University straight from law school. So you know, I graduated in June, and in September I was starting journalism at Columbia. Yeah. It was daunting. I um, I am surprised I still got in, in into Columbia. Sometimes I'm still like, how did I get in? I had no journalism background by then. I had three internships. Okay. That's hardly mm-hmm. enough, you know, to justify getting a master's degree um, at an <laughs> Ivy League university. I actually spoke to one of my professors. I was like, you know, I'm really surprised that I got in. I wasn't, I was, you know, I applied to Columbia as a gag. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was going to move to Canada. <laughs> like my dad's a Canadian citizen. I had always planned on moving to Canada. I'd applied for my master's to Canadian universities, and you know, Columbia is the best journalism school in the world. So mm-hmm. I applied to Columbia for fun. I was like, well, you know, you have to apply to the best school if you get yeah. in. Well then, good. If not, you know, you don't lose anything by an application. Okay. Um, and I had to go once I got in. Right? There's no mm-hmm. way to say no to Columbia. Um, of course. So I asked one of my professors, "How did I get in? How did that happen?" Um, and you know, she actually told me that it was because of my law background that okay. I was accepted. Because oh. um, in my application, when I talked about being a legal correspondent, and mm-hmm. I said that I think I can use my legal background as a journalist. I think I can use it to become a as a good legal journalist. They were mm-hmm. quite impressed, and they really liked that. Mm-hmm. So now I think about it, I feel like if I had not studied law, I mm-hmm. may not have gotten into Columbia University. Um, so that's you know one thing that just like getting in. Um, when I went to Columbia, I struggled. The first five months, the first three months were a huge struggle. I dealt with imposter syndrome. I was suddenly working okay. with these people who had been journalists for two, three years. that were reporting they already had public published pieces in like the new yorker and mm-hmm. you know for me it would never had anything published in a huge uh, non indian company it was daunting for me and i was scared um i was worried i struggled with self doubt a little bit i thought well i think my articles are not as good my videos are not as good i think it took me 3 months of mm-hmm. constantly telling myself well you got in for a reason you got in for yeah. a reason so you have to keep fighting So mm-hmm. it was hard. I would say, if any lawyer is, if a law student is interested in pursuing journalism, there there may be something in taking one year off between law school and journalism and actually working somewhere in India as a journalist. I mm-hmm. think that would be hugely beneficial um, before starting journalism school. So I did struggle with the imposter syndrome for three months, but eventually I got into it. Once I picked, and you know what I realized that in the first three months, the the only thing I was struggling with were um, technical skills. like okay. video editing, video filming, things like that, things that I'd never done in my entire life that maybe my peers had in mm-hmm. different um circumstances. So I think once I picked up the technical skills, I was like, well, I can't be a, I'm already a journalist. Mm-hmm. Journalism was not the problem. It was more of the technical skills that were that were an issue for okay. me. And once okay. I picked those up, I was fine. Mm-hmm. Um And then my experience at Columbia was truly amazing. It was exhausting. We were working 16-hour, um, 16-hour days, mm-hmm. barely sleeping five to six hours at night. Um, you know, we would be at the university at night. You know, working in the library at all hours of the morning. Um, so it was exhausting, but it was an amazing, fulfilling, enriching experience. I think my one year at Columbia has truly made me the person that I am today. Uh, like all of my skills that I learned, I learned at Columbia. So truly, I'm very grateful. And I think that one year was hard. It was mm-hmm. really hard. Like one of the hardest years of my life, just because you were working so much 
but yeah. i am grateful for it perfect and of the, all these struggles and i'm i understand this is a rather sensitive question but of all these struggles that you faced in colombia also in the industry when you started working were any of these struggles very specific to a fact that you were a woman or women face a struggles in the industry as against men because i am uh, i'm instructed to ask this question to every female guest that i have on my podcast by my female friends that ask them about the struggles and how did they overcome it No, that's a great question. It's a valid question. Um, I do not think that I faced any problems in Colombia because of being a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the university itself. What okay. I did struggle with being a woman is that as a journalist, sometimes you have to go cover stories at night, um, okay. and you have to. And I was covering the Bronx. So what we did in Colombia is like we developed beat reporting. So like the Bronx mm-hmm. was my beat. Um, okay. And I would go to the Bronx. I would report on the stories. And I don't know if you've heard, Bronx can be dangerous. It's yeah. it's not a given, right? I feel like there is some stereotyping. Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't do. I don't subscribe to those stereotypes. There are areas of the Bronx mm-hmm. which can be dangerous. They can be more dangerous for a woman. Um, okay. So I think reporting as a journalist, as a woman, is a little scary because you may have to interview criminals. You may have to talk to someone who has committed a crime in the past. You may have to go out into the fields at after 10 p.m. It is a mm-hmm. little scary walking down the street, and you have gear—a really right. expensive three thousand dollars worth of gear with you. You mm-hmm. could get robbed. So I think, as a woman, um, if you're a video journalist, that is, right? Mm-hmm. You have a lot of expensive gear with you. So I think that, as a woman, was a struggle. Not—I mm-hmm. didn't face institutional struggle as a woman. Okay. I think I faced more. safety concerns and mm-hmm. i still have those issues i still okay. if i have to interview a man for mm-hmm. a project that i'm working on and then i have to maybe go to his house to do it i i still take a step back i still get this you know dread i'm like why well, i can't just go to his house you know i mm-hmm. i have i've told my husband to accompany me a couple of times i'm like well you just have to come with me don't do anything just like stand there um and it makes me sad that we have to do this but yeah. you know you have to protect yourself you have to think of your own safety because well you know if you're dead then how are you going to report on the stories so you you have to be alive to report on your stories um like so, yeah God. that is the struggle that i face great safety. yeah and i'm just delighted i just laughed at something so morbid i have to review this entire <laughs> podcast okay. right it's okay let's <laughs> It's very important. It's something my mom yeah. says to me all the time. Um, you know, if you're not alive, like, who's going to do your work for you? So, <laughs> true, true. So, uh, my last set of questions for you is that in journalism, uh, for any law student, if today uh, you had to look back at yourself when you were in the law school and you had to talk you talk to yourself and give yourself the advice that you are going to enter into the field of journalism or you are considering the option of journalism as a plausible area of work, what are things should we keep in mind what all certain set of skills this is very specific to set of skills out of a question what all skills should we acquire or what all things should we work on in order to become more of a suitable candidate to increase our chances to succeed in this industry that's a very good question i think okay. if i could go back in time and do something different to prepare myself more for my journalism career what <laughs> i would do is self publishing Okay. I think that people are so averse to self-publishing because it sort of feels like a loss. It feels like, well, I need to be published by media houses only. But why? Who says that? Who says you need to be published by media houses? Nobody says that. It's mm-hmm. still work. There's still clips. Um, that's what I would do if I could go back in time and be like, well, you know, you need to gain some skill stats. 
you don't need to depend only on internships you don't need to wait only for the summer to work you can mm-hmm. do it all the time you can do it year round you can publish one article a week you know that will take right. maybe one day of work but it's worth it mm-hmm. um so that is a great thing if you're interested in video buy a camera buy mm-hmm. a camera i didn't do it i sometimes feel like why didn't i just buy a camera back when i was in law school and start filming myself right um yeah buy a camera start filming yourself start um subscribing to adobe tutorials on youtube start learning how mm-hmm. to edit learn some basic skills in your free time i right. think that would that's excellent advice to give to any law student who aspires to be a journalist um use medium you know write articles publish them um contact journalists on on linkedin ask them if they have maybe one hour every week to <laughs> just sort of go over the articles that you've written just give you pointers um you know it doesn't take that much commitment on their part to like invest one hour a week that's very doable yeah to so do that uh, reach out to senior journalists which i think um is something that i wish i had done for sure i feel like i would have struggled less for the first 3 months in colombia if <laughs> i had picked up more technical skills while i was in law school But you know like I said I did um struggle with whether or not I wanted to become a lawyer for a couple of years um which is why I guess I didn't hone my journalism skills in that time because I was so focused on mooting I was so focused on law school exams um so but yeah if you're sure you're already confident you know what you want to do nothing wrong with self publishing and just start picking up skills perfect you can right. learn everything these days you know <laughs> true true now I'm going to ask you a very selfish question and I say this out loud because uh Uh, my question is that you must have encountered that one instance or that one uh, set of skill or that one idea that would have transformed the way you perform in perhaps video recording or while hosting something uh, and let me just give you a little bit of example for me uh, when i try host a podcast earlier i used to be extremely sort of nervous because i used to think that i'm performing on something but then mr matt abraham's advice that to think of it as a conversation has helped me a lot so i think i do better now what was that kind of a very little thing that would have made a big difference in your uh, area of work because this is something i would like to pick up on so that i can improve no that's amazing i um i feel like i have a social anxiety to some extent okay um It's not in the sense that I can socialize with people. It makes me anxious when I'm going on camera. I can't explain mm-hmm. it. It um I feel what well, people are going to judge me. I feel people are going to talk about my hair. People are going to talk about my face. People are going to okay. These are irrational thoughts to to a great extent. Most people focus on your content. Most people. Mm-hmm. I will okay. say there are some people that will talk about your appearance and that can hurt. It can hurt. Mm-hmm. Um so one thing for video journalism is you have to develop a thicker skin. It's okay. just you know what it is people will talk about you another thing that i've struggled with is my accent i am okay. a code switcher right mm-hmm. when i was in india i speak in the indian accent when i'm in north america i speak in the north american accent because my dad's canadian i <laughs> i was in canada for some time when i was a kid i spent a lot of time in the us it just it's natural to me that's mm-hmm. what happens and i think i have always felt really nervous one of my videos i think um the f1 video that i made about the new f1 visa regulations was picked yeah. up by the queen Mm-hmm. Um so the Quint you know published it on their social media channels and a couple of the comments were about my accent like oh well I don't yeah. talk in an American accent and that <laughs> kind of hurts it's like really? well, what about the content like I made a 5 minute video <laughs> breaking down you know this new order and the only thing you're talking about is my accent mm-hmm. so that it can hurt mm-hmm. so my greatest advice to anyone who's interested in video journalism is to develop a thicker skin 
mm-hmm. and be confident with yourself. Now I've decided that whenever I do say you know like media interviews, um, say whenever I go on camera, I've picked an accent because I live in Canada. It just yeah. makes more sense to me personally, so mm-hmm. I just go with it. And I have to develop a thick skin. I know some people are probably going to comment on it. It you know it just it's what it is. I know there are journalists I have I know female reporters who get comments about their weight all the time. Like okay. people are constantly saying horrible things to them that you look like an elephant on camera. You should not even be reporting the news. You should be behind the camera. And those mm-hmm. comments can hurt. They can hurt. And it's it's insane to say that don't let it hurt you. That's not possible. You're yeah. you're human. You see these comments they hurt your feelings. The only thing I say is that you have to be confident. When you read those comments, <laughs> don't let it negatively impact you in such a way that you can't do your work anymore you have to keep okay. on keeping on which is <laughs> which is what i say being feeling hurt is natural it's just what happens as a woman i think you deal with these issues a little more than men do mm-hmm. i have um friends men who are video journalists who don't even think about this like i have a friend yeah. i was talking to him last week and i asked him like you know how do you feel when you go on camera like do you do you get like those moments before you're on like like before you I publish it before you publish a video do you think 10 times like is my hair okay is this okay is that okay and he was like no how is that wow that's such a huge difference in the way that i perceive my own video journalism as opposed to how uh, men do like male video journalists so i do think that that as a woman makes it harder mm-hmm. but you just have to develop a thick skin and don't let it get to you and you know what if you see a negative comment work harder keep okay. working harder like use your content to shut people up rather than getting into petty fights is is how i look at it it's it's what works for me perfect perfect i mean i i can't say that i understand all of your challenges because obviously exhibit a i'm sitting here with this horrible hairstyle that i have not making any effort <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> but uh, to some extent yes i think uh, negativity can really get to us uh, with respect to our performance in anything that we take up uh, but obviously i have a lot to learn with the journey that i have i have just last two questions for you first is uh, not exactly questions just your remarks firstly what is your comment on indian uh, media scene right now and uh, please uh, feel free to blast it as much as i as you can because i would love to enjoy that okay so i i don't love the way journalism is done in india right there's mm-hmm. it's why i'm not in india right now i worked at root india uh, for 6 months i really enjoyed that i think root india is a genuinely good company they're trying to do some good in the world they're covering really good stories mm-hmm. i have a lot of respect for boot india the quint mm-hmm. i think the quint is doing an amazing job they're covering important news stories mm-hmm. um they uh, the wire is really good say mm-hmm. disuza is amazing um so uh, the print is really good so these are like these five or six news organizations that i personally follow and mm-hmm. that's where i get my indian news from i still love okay. the hindu i still really love the hindu if you're asking me for like print um options mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. i would go with the combination of the quint and the hindu for that okay. um but i do think that to a great extent prime time news in india is a spectacle now mm-hmm. and that bothers me it's not how news works yelling at each other on tv is not how journal is the it, it doesn't follow the tenets of journalism mm-hmm. journalism journalists aim to create awareness Yeah. The entire point of being a journalist is to is you're on the side of the common man. You're mm-hmm. not on the side of the lawyers. You're not on the side of the of the politicians. You're not on the side of the big big companies. You're not on the side of the lobbyists. You are mm-hmm. on the side of the people. 
and That's i right. think that some journalists in india have forgotten that they have forgotten that journalists are a voice of the people they yeah. they bring awareness they they are supposed to create change without without being the change like they're not activists okay. right so mm-hmm. we don't introduce legislations we don't create um, petitions that is what activists do but journalists job is to bring that bring the issue to them and tell them that look this is a problem someone needs to do something about it and yeah. i feel like yelling at people on on prime time television is not the way to do that so i do think the spectacle um that's happening is problematic for example now sushant singh rajput's um death i feel like there's been a lot of focus that people have made only on bollywood and nepotism well that is true there is nepotism in bollywood there's no denying that but i feel like the media needs to give equal or more attention to mental health they need yes. to be talking about suicide they need <laughs> to be running statistics on how many people have committed suicides in 2020 um why is that problematic how can we prevent those suicides talking mm-hmm. to mental health experts invite mental health experts on your panel ask mm-hmm. them what should parents do parents don't know right mental health is not talked about in india mm-hmm. right if you see your kid struggling if you feel like your child may be suicidal parents may not necessarily know what to do mm-hmm. so what should they do is something they watch 9 pm news yeah. if you bring a mental health advocate on 9 pm news and ask that advocate like what should parents do in this situation that could be tremendously useful so i think um indian media is really focused on sensationalism yeah. i think nepotism and bollywood and karan johar did this and then this one did that gets more clicks yeah than talking about um suicide is a problem it's a mm-hmm. real rampant problem in india and we need to deal with it mm-hmm. and that that is the problem for me essentially i feel like my commitment to journalism is to the truth it's to the it's to being honest and i so, feel just focusing on one part of the news because it's more sensational is not honest enough for me mm-hmm. that's that's how i feel basically perfect perfect i couldn't agree more and i think uh, anyone who watches or listens to this podcast would agree with everything that you've said a conversation so rich which will open up gates to journalism as an industry for every law student I think every law student who's good at uh, the idea of uh, perhaps public speaking and exploring this news and getting into this industry will now definitely start looking into this direction. Thank you so much for taking time of your very busy schedule sitting down with me for this yeah. conversation. Do you have any closing remarks for our listeners? Um yeah, so I just want to say one thing. I think people um get scared to put themselves out there. and i want to encourage people to do that i think it's important to put yourself out there it's important to create content um i think that is the one thing that i this you know the covid-19 pandemic i think has been really good for me in the sense that i started creating my own content which okay. is not for any companies i've never done that before right mm-hmm. like i went straight from columbia to new york law journal i interned there for 3 months i only wrote articles for the new york law journal I went straight to attention mm-hmm. only made um videos for attention I made like 120 videos for them I didn't even have time to create my own content from there mm-hmm. I went straight to brute I made videos for brute then I went straight to yahoo making videos for yahoo I never took a step back and thought what content do I want to create what content do I want the name shibani gokwe or bani sg attached to mm-hmm. and I think that is something that I did in this pandemic and i okay. thought why am i not making my own videos if i want to talk about an issue why don't i just you know pop a camera down in front of me uh, mm-hmm. do the research state the facts and 
edit my own videos. Like, why are we so scared of doing that? It's a fear of failure, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're scared. If I make a video, put it out, people don't like it, or I don't get enough views, I don't get enough likes, I don't get enough comments, then what happens? But you know, the fact is you put, you put your, your word out there, you put your face out there. Maybe 10 people watched it. Maybe it mm-hmm. inspired two people, but that's enough. So okay. I think that's my advice to people. Don't be afraid of creating content. Mm-hmm. Um, go out there and just self-publish. Just do it. I think it's Perfect. really useful. Perfect. Perfect. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's completely fine. Uh, I just want to thank you for uh, this amazing opportunity that I've had to have this conversation with you. I had a wonderful time. I hope you had a good time too. Oh my God, it was amazing. Such a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ivani. I think this conversation is going to help a lot of students. Thank you for your time. I hope so. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us for this amazing conversation. The One Take Show is now available on 10 platforms. If you want to watch this conversation, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The One Take Show. Please consider rating this podcast if you use Apple Podcasts so that I can reach out to more and more people. If you have any suggestions and feedbacks, make sure you reach out to me. I would absolutely love that. And ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourselves. Stay strong. I'll see you next time.